Welcome back to the Go In The Match podcast. Today I'm joined by Oscar of Leeds Fan TV. Oscar is a match-going Leeds United fan and is one of the hosts of Leeds Fan TV. Oscar, thanks for giving me your time today, mate, and thank you for coming on the podcast. No problem at all, mate. Absolute pleasure to join you. Okay, so uh, match-going Leeds fan. Where, where were you born and how did your love for Leeds United begin? Well, I was born in Southport. Uh, it's a long story, really. I started supporting Leeds, basically through my dad's and partly through my granddad as well. And um, basically, it's back in the glory days of Leeds United, back in the uh, the Don Revy era. So we're going to sort of like the mid sixties, late sixties, and a goalkeeper called Gary Sprake um, became pen pals with my dad actually. So it's a it's kind of come from there. Um, my dad started supporting us during the glory era. I kind of started supporting Leeds on the back of the David O'Leary era. So right. around 2002 time. So it's kind of like when it kind of started to go back, just down basically from there. So pretty much from the minute I became a Leeds fan, we went into the Championship, then into League One, then just couldn't couldn't get out of League One. And it just kind of, it felt like it was never ending, um, to be fair, until like the last couple of years, to be honest, Mike. Some pretty, so you grew up into the bad luck then? Yeah, to be fair, it, literally, as soon as I started supporting us, it kind of just went just downhill, to be honest. Yeah, just straight away, pretty much. So can you remember like the first match you went to or anything from your first match day experience? First game I went to, to be fair, I remember quite well. It was uh, September, I think it was, 2005. Um, Leeds 3, Brighton 3, I know that much. And yeah, it was, it was, a, it was just a pretty dramatic game. It was typical Leeds United, really. Um, we went into that game pushing for promotion. Um, you know, made a quite strong start to the season. Kevin Blackwell was the manager at the time and we'd started the game, you know, relatively well from what I can remember. I was in the cop that day or what we call the cop at, um, at Leeds and I went two down at, uh, I think, half an hour, I think it was, and Brighton, to be fair, I think got relegated that season and we're pretty much like, I don't think they've got a point all season so far. So we're two down. It was kind of like typical Leeds kind of stuff. I just remember, I think I was only 10. I was in, I think I was nine, actually. Yeah, I was, I'd be nine um, when the game was going on. And just, yeah, just remember the language and just swearing. But it was, it, was, it was good to be fair, mate. It was good. So, yeah, obviously as a kid going then, any any special memories as going as a kid? I mean, yeah. I mean, from the first kind of few times, I didn't really go as much as I do now. Um, probably only really went to kind of probably about eight or nine home games a season That's to start with the first couple of years. Um, probably went to more away games to be honest at, at, to start with because obviously being from Southport Leeds were playing in the north in the northwest quite a lot so you had when going into the championship you had teams like Preston, Burnley Blackburn, Bolton, Wigan always popping up on the fixture list so I went to probably more away games at, to start off with and and yeah I think the general memories is that um, supporting Leeds at the time was quite a difficult time to support Leeds to be honest it was, um, it was just the start of the Ken Bates era so you know, the prices were absolutely insane. The ground was half half full kind of thing because there was so much discontent towards the board. And it was a difficult time, to be honest, Mike. It was a... Uh, but in terms of specific memories, I guess always trying to kind of get in there quite early um, for games and kind of watching the warm-ups and bits and pieces, seeing it kind of build up. And, and it, yeah, that's probably the, probably the biggest thing from the first kind of early years, to be honest, yeah. That, that's quite unique in that sense, really, that... You know, when you start going to games, going to your away games more than you do the home, obviously, it's usually the other way around. So, do you think, yeah, no, definitely. Do you think that maybe like increased your passion and love for Leeds? Because obviously, you've got such a great, they've got a great following Leeds, but obviously, you get more of your diehards going to the away games. Do you think that probably helped you become more of a Leeds fan? 
Yeah, I think so. I think once you kind of become, for me, once you become a fan of any club, you kind of, you're that you're for life. But I think it really ignited the fire, if you like, you know, going to the away games early on. You know, even, you know, I think it was quite a while since I saw Leeds win the first game, to be honest. I think it was, um, if I remember right, the first season sort of started going was 05-06. We actually made the playoff final at the end of that season, got hammered by Watford in Cardiff. But I think, to be fair, I was, I was a bit of a jinx. And as you know, I think we said early on, there's a bit of a jinx for the club, to be fair, at first, because... I think it's probably mis- probably seventh or eighth time of going until I saw our first win. To be honest, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, but there's fan- some fantastic early memories watching Leeds away from home. I think Preston away in the playoff um, semi final to get us to um, it was the Millennium Stadium at the time. It wasn't even Wembley. It was when Wembley was being constructed, kind of thing. And uh, that does make me feel old, to be honest. <laughs> um, it really does when you look back at it like that, and. And yeah, no, was, I mean, away from home was probably where more of the memories were, to be honest, Mike. I think at home, it, it took a while to really get going under Bates. I think it was only really when we went into League One and started winning games on quite a regular basis when it really started to feel like anything at home, to be honest. But, um, but you know, it, it, was, it, was just, it was a unique one, really, in, in that sense, Mike, because I think a lot of people, if you ask probably 90, 95% of Leeds fans, their main love of Leeds go, comes from going to Welland Road for the first time. And don't get me wrong, I still get goosebumps every single time I go to the ground. But yeah. for me, it was that away away from home, the diehards, and kind of it was us against them kind of thing. And it's not so, so much us against the team we were playing or us against the Football League. It was more at the time, us against the board and even the managers to an extent. You know, we had Dennis Wise in, in charge at times and it seems absolutely ridiculous. It's like... It was almost makes as much sense as having Roy Keane managing Liverpool or something like that, or yeah, Stephen yeah. Jones managing Man United. You know, it, it made no sense. We we hated Dennis Wise. There's no other word for it, and I still do now. Um, you know, it was a bizarre one, and and that was what it felt like. It was, and even the players to an extent. There was quite a lot of players there who just didn't seem bothered. Kind of 35, 36 and over, and kind of like over the hill kind of thing. And it was just a really unique time. And I think what really got got me into it was you know having that diehard away support and. You know, some absolutely dire moments, but you know, and it's almost gallows humour to start off with. But you know, I never kind of lost that belief we'd get back to some kind of normality at some point. I didn't quite think it'd be this long, but yeah, we've got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have any you know favourite players or anything growing up? Players that you were looking forward to see? Well, early on, because again, I didn't really start going to games well until two thousand and five. But when I first started watching Leeds i.e. on TV, et cetera, et cetera, first getting into it. I think probably my favourite player was probably Olivier Decor, who played for Everton, um, into Milan, uh, Roma, I think he went to as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, he played for numerous clubs and was a France international and just a top player in the middle of the park. I think obviously, yeah, I know you're a Liverpool fan yourself, Mike, but I've got to mention Mark Maduka. Um, you know, obviously, that 4-3, you know, always kind of <laughs> brings back very, very early memories for me. Um, you know, and... I, just kind of, I kind of do sort of my first memories ever kind of been associated with Leeds was really around singing Vaduka, Vaduka, Vaduka kind of thing. And, you know, it was, it was that kind of moment, really. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was those kind of special moments, really, to be honest, Mike. And, you know, it's, I'd have to say those two would, would definitely be up there. Yeah. I think from when I first started going to games, I think uh, Rob Hulse was probably quite a bit of a crowd favourite, someone I really liked. Um, yeah. Not really sort of stereotypical kind of Lee's kind of centre forward. Um, you know, he wasn't really like a particular powerhouse as such, to be honest, Mike, but he was um <laughs> he had a bit of quality to him, to be fair. He was one of those players who really looked up for it. Um, and to be fair, as soon as he went, a lot of our goal threat went. I'd have to 
mentioned people like Sean Derry as well. When he first started going to games, he was a proper kind of Leeds player, played in the middle of the middle of the park, where wore our famous number four shirt. I just got stuck in really. Um, again, there's a couple of lads from the academy at that time. Matty Kilgallen, he came through the academy, and this is very early days to be honest. And yeah. and then from there, it kind of spiraled. It, and it was at that time, as I said before, Mike. It wasn't really a likable team. Again, it was probably only kind of that three, four, five kind of players. Vangedi Lewis, David Healy, internationals, again, good players too. But it wasn't really a particularly likable team. It was probably when you had to go into the League One times when you really got the proper kind of club legends to an extent or club yeah. legends for younger kind of supporters, probably from my kind of my age and younger. So you talk about people like um, Jermaine Beckford, Robert Snodgrass, Luciano Becchio, Max Gradle. Johnny House and you know all these players went to play Premier League football you know at some point and you know it was a really good time to support the club and you know yeah it's quite an interesting one from that point of view but they'd probably be the early kind of heroes for me you know I think it was quite an interesting one I think obviously Decor Vaduka yeah obviously I've not seen a player of that kind of calibre since really which is quite a sad thought but hopefully yeah. you know maybe in the next couple of years we will see players of that quite calibre coming through the door. So I've never actually done Leeds away myself. You know, it was on the list to do this season, but obviously COVID's put a stop to that. So can you give us a bit of a briefing as what a standard match day looks like for yourself now when you do go or, you know, for anyone that hasn't been to Ellen Road, you know, what's in and around the ground and what they can expect? Well, yeah, I think obviously, you know, it's quite a unique match experience, really, Ellen Road. I mean, it's Right next to the yeah, motorway, it's a bizarre kind of location for a football ground. It's almost, you know, you, you kind of come out of a housing estate and you're kind of there kind of thing. It's just kind of yeah. just at the top of the hill kind of thing. It, it is quite unique, really. And I love that kind of feel to the to the, to the ground and that lot. But, um, but yeah, a typical match day, I think, obviously, Leeds City Centre. You know, if you come off the train, you've got basically a pub literally every two seconds, to be honest, up, up until the ground. Um, and, yeah, normally they'd have a, probably a a drink um, by one of the um, pubs by the station. So um, probably the Griffin, probably the one I'll probably go to most. Um, again, there's a couple of that around the ground as well. The Peacock's probably the most popular one in and around the ground. It's just behind the South Stand, um, probably where probably the noisiest sort of element of our stadium at the minute because the ground's changed quite a lot probably since um, Liverpool last came to or any probably any kind of Premier League team came to Ellen Road. It's, yeah. yeah, the whole dynamics of it's changed quite a bit. The away fans are actually in a totally different place to where they were before. Okay. Um, and yeah, no, so that'd be normally, normally have a quick drink before the, before the game. And I've got the pavilion as well, which is probably a bit more of a sophisticated place to drink, if you like. Probably a bit less um, vocal and singing, but again, it's, it's whatever you're into. There's, um, yeah. If you want to go a bit further out in Beeston, uh, there's the White Heart as well in Beeston. Um, it's a bit further out, but that's a proper kind of like um, what I was called, you know, your diehards kind of pub. It's just there. You just you're in there, and you just you just up for it about two hours before the game. You're ready just to uh, you're ready to run like probably ten thousand miles to be honest after you, after you come out <laughs> there. Um, and yeah, it's, so that's probably normally the early planning. Obviously, the Billy's Bar. I mean, there's so many pubs to mention. It's um, so you'd always tend to have a drink before the game. Yeah. Um, I tend to sit these days in the East Stands, but again, I've um, got a season ticket this, um, well, obviously not now, but last season I had a season ticket um, and the you know, last couple of seasons I've had a season ticket to be fair. So after I've got through Union, bits and pieces like that and being able to get to games more often and, you know, obviously getting more independent, you know, travelling to games that way. Yeah. Um, so I've done that, but yeah, I tend, tend to have been all around the ground. You know, I've had, you know, sat in every single place in the ground, if you like. And probably my favourite 
part of the ground is probably the cop. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a traditional in that sense. A lot of younger Leeds fans, younger than me, will kind of say the South Stand. Uh, the South Stand is right next to the away supporters now. So as you can imagine, it kind of builds from there. And that's probably where, you know, it's quite interesting from that sense because a lot of fans used to sit in the cop like me, but they moved over to the South Stand because, and it's going to sound ageist this to an extent, to be fair, Mike. I don't want to be ageist here at all, but um, <laughs> the big thing with Leeds fans, and I don't agree with it. I'm going to say I don't agree with it. I'm just going to emphasise that point. From a lot of South Stand, South Standers, if you like, um, yeah. speak to, they say, the cops just full of people who just don't want to sing anymore. You know, have been there all their lives, but now they don't have that passion to sing anymore. And I don't agree with that, to be fair, Mike. I think I think it gets a bit of a bad press. You know, I think um, I remember a game obviously when Marcel Bielsa took over. I've been in the cop quite a lot early on, and I remember our first game against Stoke, and I, I, you know it was the best I heard the cop in years, to be fair, and it was fantastic. And you know, and, and you know, in terms of if you want to watch the game from a pure the best seat to watch it from is probably the top tier of the East Stand. I mean, it's just the perfect kind of view. You know, you kind of, it's like watching it on TV kind of thing, but obviously the atmosphere isn't as good kind of thing. It's probably the pricier place to, to sit. And, um, but that's where obviously season ticket is at the moment. Um, Cause that's the only place where it was available to be honest. You know, the South Stand and Cop goes quite easily. Um, but yeah, I think obviously, you know, there's little bits and pieces you do for every match day. I think buy a programme, Go and see your mates, um, you know, a bit of everything. I think even now, you know, because it's a team you really like, I do tend to try and get there early um, and hang around by the team coach. If I sound like I'm about 10 years old now, but, you know, just hoping for an autograph or something, you know, and, you know just seeing the players. And I think now what's changed a lot, Mike, is that I think obviously being a Liverpool fan yourself, when, yeah. the, when the bus comes in now, you know, it's, or players come in or however they get there, you know, some, some teams just come in by a team bus. Some teams, we, we actually come in by a team bus now, even for the home games, you know, no one travels individually. And it's like, it, it's like a rock band arriving, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's like a, you just get just surrounded kind of thing. You know, I think almost like that, what I remember probably the best example is probably that Liverpool Man City game, you know, when you just had just fans just round both buses and that lot. And it's just yeah. like, Real atmosphere building outside, and obviously, Bielsa tends to come out and just acknowledge absolutely everyone. He doesn't care how long it takes; he acknowledges everyone. And and yeah, that's that's obviously a different element. I think that's very different to kind of what it was about two or three years ago when I don't think anyone batted an eyelid when the oh, uh, when the players arrived. To be honest, I think it was more of a case of the players tried to get in there as quick as possible. You know, get the hoods down and just get into the ground as quickly as possible. To be honest. I've got, I've got to admit, you're talking about the cop there at Elland Road. I've honestly, I've never heard of of a different, obviously, cop than what we've got at Anfield. But have you got any background about about that with the cop being called, El, you know, Elland Road? Is that like your main stand? I mean, it kind of, it's not obviously, it's not got the history of like the real cop, if you like it. You know, at Liverpool, it's. I think yeah. every club tends to have a part of the ground where they're referred to as the cop, and that's probably what it's more down to. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of history to it. I think, obviously, you know, it, it was it was the kind of place to be, you know, in kind of the 70s and that lot, 70s, 90s. That was where, like, the atmosphere came from. I think it's some very, very famous, like, certainly from what I look back on, on the cop. Yeah. I'm too young to remember these kind of years, but it's almost like um, before, obviously, had all-seaters and that lot. It, it was almost a bit like, probably the best example in terms of to the younger would be, a bit like the yellow wall at Dortmund kind of thing. I'm not going to compare it to that I think that's just like a completely unique but in terms of Similar. just being so imposing to look at kind of thing obviously a lot of the opposition players refer to it as that you know when you're kind of kicking towards it or a goalkeeper behind that stand it's you know it's a bit of a nightmare but 
I wouldn't say it's not the, the main stand per se. You know, I think the main stand now is kind of the south stand in terms of atmosphere. You know, that's where it really gets bouncing these days. And, and yeah, I think obviously there's been talk of being quite a bit of re- redevelopment on it in the future because um, the COP, there's quite a lot of space behind it. And whether that's going to happen, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think obviously in the early leads days, that's where I tended to go. And that was the place to be. And it's quite interesting how things change, you know, it, it, you know from, from place to place. And, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, Cop old boys have kind of moved to the south stand, as I said, completely the opposite side of the ground, closer to the away fans, and it kind of builds from there a bit more. And um, we've got the cheese wedge as well, which is, which is if you're looking at the grounds, obviously, and talking about all these stands, and it's probably not making much sense, but you kind of got the south stand, which is behind one goal, cop behind the other goal, east stand, which is double tiered, and then the west stand, which is where the cameras are, um, you know, on games and that lot. And, between the East Stand and South Stand, there's something called the Cheese Wedge, which is where the away fans used to be located. So, again, any Premier League fans listening to this will probably have been in the Cheese Wedge before okay. if they've been to Ellen Road. And, and yeah, to be fair, that is a fantastic decision by the club. Um, it was Sam Grayson, I think, who requested the um, away fans be moved just to try and build a bit of atmosphere, you know, kind of all around kind of thing behind the goal and that lot. You know, just it's quite difficult to explain, you know, without kind of like being there to show you, but yeah, yeah. yeah the cheese wedge is, is is a bit of a place to be as well. That's uh, it's only I think it holds about fifteen hundred, I think. So as you can imagine, tickets in there are just like just gold dust, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, just touching on the fan base you've got as a whole at Leeds, you know, I don't think anyone can argue that you've got a great following. You know, such a passionate support there. Is that one of the things that you're most proud of as being a Leeds fan? You know, even through the hard times when you got relegated and you know, you haven't come up for so many years that the following, you know, home and away is still great. Absolutely. I think obviously that was where, as I was saying before, the, the passion really was there, you know, to be, just to just to watch Leeds, you know what I mean? And yeah, you know, early doors, you know, going to more away games than I did home games, you really noticed it. You know, you go into places like Preston on a Tuesday night and you've taken their you've taken almost half their ground kind of thing. Yeah. And you could have taken more if they'd let us have more tickets and you know, and then obviously get to leave one and pretty much every single game. That was where it really kind of hit home because obviously, you know, I was quite young during the Champions League years on the David O'Leary and kind of those early kind of Premier League years and that lot. And you didn't really take into appreciation just how big we were. Yeah. But when you went to like places like Walsall, Crewe, Port Vale, um, Wickham, grounds like that, Hartlepool, places like that. And you're seeing not only obviously filled the away end, but you're taking half their main stand, half the other side of the ground. And yeah. honestly, there was pretty much, I think there was, there was one season where I think, I think 60, 70% of our games, we took more away fans than the home team did home fans kind of thing. And, and that kind of sums it up really. It really was. And, you know, I think obviously you saw how much like, you know, rival fans disliked us and that lot. And it kind of, that's the thing being a Leeds fan. You kind of like live off that kind of thing. You kind of like, to be disliked you, that's kind of what's difficult at the moment because you're listening to so many you know the media etc speaking so glowingly about us and we're not used to it to be fair it's, it's quite a different kind of feeling to be honest <laughs> yeah uh, but no no honestly going to places like Walsall Tuesday night and they're the kind of games that kind of stick in your ma- mind for some reason you think woeful games that we might win by one goal or even drop points in but they really stick in your mind because you kind of when you first go there you think you know what, I'm only going to go here once or twice. But then when you go in there three or four times and you're still bringing a bigger following each time you go and that kind of thing and the, the fans aren't turning on the players, even though it could have been quite easy to do that at that time. And and that's where the pride comes from. Obviously, Ken Bates, Massimo Cellino, you know, being part of the protests as well, you know, 
and that's kind of thing, you know, to get to where we are at the minute, Mike, because you're still not where we want to be. Yeah, we still want to be an established Premier League club. It's only our first season in this league. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of heartache. You know, we've had terrible owners, terrible managers, and there's been a lot of action needs to be taken. You know, I think Bates, you know, two or three protests for him. I see Michelino, two or three protests for him. And that's what makes you really proud. There's a club that's never stopped fighting. You know, it's a one, it's a one club city which makes it quite unique from that sense. Um, you know, I think it's only really Newcastle in terms of the big major cities that I can think of who yeah. kind of shares that status with us. Um, and it does make it a bit more different. It does give that, give that different edge to it because, you know, obviously you go to Liverpool. I know Liverpool, the global fan base is absolutely unbelievable. When you go to Liverpool, you know, I know there's more Liverpool fans than Everton fans, but it's still a bit more kind of like 60, 40, 55, yeah. 45, whatever you want to call it. But at Leeds, it's kind of pretty much all leads kind of thing and from that sense. And, you know, it is quite unique. And then when you go, you know, go abroad and places like that, you know, when you're in league one, you're going abroad and, you know, you're in places like Barcelona or, I don't know, in France and, you know, you're wearing your lead shirt and then there's people there like noticing it kind of thing, you know, yeah. locals and that lot and saying, oh, Leeds. And then you're saying David O'Leary is and Billy Bremner and, you know, things like that. And that kind of really hammers home to you, you know, just how big this club is and, you know, how much it kind of not so much means to people, you know, outside of Leeds, because you know, and I, I, I know we're a dislike club, but we're a club that's being noticed quite a lot. You know, we're a club that I think is that's associated with fighting qualities, and um, not in terms of fan violence, by the way, but yeah, I know we're associated with that. I mean, fighting qualities in terms of on the pitch, you know, in terms of you know, we've had to battle a lot. You know, I've said already about owners, managers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and we've kind of never given up that spirit kind of thing. You know, and all you know, there's been times where we've had a lot of false storms. But the passion's still being there, even when it's kind of like turned out to be nothing. The belief is still being there, kind of thing, and it's quite unique, really. You know, obviously, for 15, 16 years, you know, out of the top flights, and pretty much a good 12, 13 of those 16 years doing absolutely nothing. You know, it takes quite a lot that you know to, to still have that passion, still get 30, 35,000 people through the door, you know, every single game. It's quite unique, really. And obviously, you know, there's been you know high points, even the low points, you know, there's high points, you know, obviously. You know, I'll obviously go on to this one later on, but, you know, winning away at Man United in the Cup, you know, I never thought I'd ever see us win at Man United again yeah. um, at that time and obviously being a League One club. And, you know, there's been little things then, you know, just little tiny segments that kind of think that's the potential of this club. You know, you just little see little kind of segments of it, you know, and think, wow, you know, that's how big we could get. And and now, you know, under Marcelo Bielsa, under this new ownership, we've kind of finally started to put it into practice and we're kind of seeing really what this club is about. And that's the main thing. I think the big things for me, Mike, is that the club's connected again with the community. Um, you know, the the Leeds Supporters Club has a far, far bigger prestige, I think, at, at Leeds United now. I think, obviously, before, you know, I think there was fantastic, there's always been fantastic work put into the Supporters Club. But before, it got ignored, really, you know, by Ken Bates, Massimo Cellino. And, but now, it's, it's it, it kind of feels like we're part of the club again. You know, that's been the big thing, you know, in the last two or three years. You feel proud. You look, you've always looked forward to going to games, but you feel like you're going to the games to watch the football as well as just being in the atmosphere, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it got yeah. to a point where, you know, I think there was a time, you know, when we we're in the championship and just doing nothing, being like 13th, 14th in the table, where you kind of just go into the games to the atmosphere. You know, it got to February in that lot. And there's people, there's my mates asking me, non lead fans, saying, why are you going all the way to like Ipswich on like a Tuesday <laughs> night? And yeah. saying, atmosphere mate kind of thing and I think to myself that probably sounds absolutely crazy but you just don't you know it's one of them you know when you're just so in it kind of thing and just 
that's the thing, really. And that's still probably the main thing. That, you know, it's so easy to just watch games on TV these days. But as soon as we're allowed back in grounds, you know, I'll probably go to more games than I did before. You know, I'll probably go to, you know, yeah. I'll probably commit to a lot more away games. And I'll certainly still obviously go to every home game. But I think away games wise, I'll certainly, you know, because you miss it that much. You know what I mean? And yeah. you kind of realize how rubbish it is watching it on TV and that lot. And how much you don't really notice, you know, how much you miss it kind of. So obviously we're touching on then like, you know, the community aspect and you going as a fan, you enjoy it a bit more because there's a sense, there's a better sense of feel of the club. And, you know, it's probably very similar to what we've got at Liverpool with Klopp. And, and you know, I'd probably say a lot of what you're feeling now stems from not just your owners, but Bielsa. So, you know, you've got, got him at the helm and he's probably seen as a God in Leeds now for what he's achieved so far. And obviously he's had a lot of praise in the last year and you can obviously see that he's obsessed with the game and he's a bit of a student of the game in that sense. But, you know, if you had to put your finger on one thing that you most love about having him as a manager, what would that be and why? I think the style of football, to be honest. I'd have to go with that. I think there's a lot of things you could talk about, but I think the style of football has to be the first thing for me, to be honest, Mike. Um, you know, I think it's so so different to what you've kind of been used to over the last couple of years. I think you know, when you've been used to just see the team just, you know, just get its yeah, kind of go through the motions and just get it get its way through games or you know just just about nick a one nil or you know try and sit back and get beat and all that lot but I think now you're just seeing proper football you know playing a clear style of play you know liking to play out the back and have a lot of the ball threats on the counter attack and just everything you want to see from a Leeds team and I think off the ball you know we press high and you know when you got an L- when you got Ellen Rose and Ellen Rose crowd behind you, what you want to see is just work rate before anything. I think that's what you know. I think we get associated with being quite fussy fans, but yeah. I think all you want to see really is just work rate. And you know when you got someone pressing the goalkeeper, or you know it just gets the crowd up a bit, if you know what I mean, from that sense. And I think it's just a perfect kind of kind of marriage, if you like, between um, between both parties. And I just hope there's a succession plan in place, you know, because one day, unfortunately, Marcel Bielsa won't not. Longer be Leeds United manager, so you know we've got a plan for that, and you know make sure this isn't just a, an era, if you like. We just build on it and just continue to get back to where we want to be. And uh, but yeah. yeah, I think the other things you obviously have to talk about is that you know, obviously the connection you know again we have as a club, and it's just it's just a pride. You know when when he took the job, you know you got so many you know international fans saying how great he is. You know you got uh, you know I was aware of myself Bielsa before he took the job, and then you got people like Pep Guardiola, the Mauricio Pochettino talking about a championship manager here yeah. during their press conferences. It just kind of sums up the magnitude. It almost feels like Marcelo Bielsa coming back in makes us feel like a big club to people outside of Leeds again because I think we really we lost that respect. I think for and rightly so to be fair, you know the way the club has been managed, you know in terms of on the pitch and that lot and results wise. Yeah, we did lose a lot of respect. So I think obviously as fans, I think people still, you know, acknowledge we were top quality supporters. But yeah, I think obviously Bielsa coming in has just kind of given us that prestige against the football club. You know, we get we've got people walking through the door like Rodrigo Moreno, Spain's number nine at the moment. You know, like Rafinha, you know, potentially a future Brazilian international. Um, you know, Calvin Phillips, who's just, you know, obviously got himself into the England squad. You know, we've got a lot of people walking through that door. Mateus Click, Polish international. You know, and that's kind of like that level of player that we haven't kind of seen for kind of 15, 16 years, to be fair, mate. Yeah. So, obviously, he's got you promoted back into the Premier League. Um, and obviously, I've seen a couple of videos of, you know, the party that was around Ellen Road at the time. Um, 
you know, obviously knowing that you got promoted into the Premier League and we've got the COVID situation, so you couldn't go to the games, was that almost like um, mixed emotions for you? Because I can imagine, you know, the the, the party and, you know, the the happiness that you all must have had and maybe the, even the relief is probably the better word for it that, to get back to where Leeds belong, but then... You yeah, can't I think so, go. definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah. Is that Was it mixed emotions or...? Well... The main overriding feeling for me at first was relief. I think I still, you know, I, I won't lie, mate, that Friday night when we got promoted and it didn't even need to play a game was was unbelievable. It is probably probably one of the best days, well, probably the best day supporting Leeds so far for me in terms of this. Because it's 16 years, you know, being outside the league. I think it would have been like one year or two years, you know, it kind of, it had been all about the party. But, you know, for me, it was just about getting out of this league and just being back in the Premier League and seeing, you know, teams like Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, back on your fixture list kind of thing. It was that kind of sense to it. But look, you know, I think obviously if it could have been there, you know, obviously on the day when we got promoted, obviously not being from near Leeds, I wasn't able to go down to Ellen Road and, you know, just have that pretty much all nighter. And then obviously the Saturday, the next day afterwards, there was another party, the Sunday in, in the middle of Leeds, there was another party. And it was just a shame not being able to get down there. But, yeah. Honestly, mate, I can't lie. It was it was unbelievable that weekend. Yeah, that weekend, then obviously winning the title the Wednesday after, unbelievable. I think the only thing was we couldn't really enjoy it that much because the season was starting straight up again. Like yeah, yeah, straight, yeah, three so or four weeks later. So it was kind of thinking, oh, that was summer now. Just knowing we're in the Premier League and just being able to chill out and just you know. And the next thing, kind of, is looking at your first game back is Liverpool away, and you're thinking, oh, blimey, that's uh, that's. That's a bit of a welcoming back kind of thing, and, <laughs> you know. And um, I know obviously that game, you know, went, I know we lost the game, but it did go well for us in the sense of we showed what we we're about. But yeah, yeah it's just almost like you didn't get a chance to really celebrate it that much because it was kind of like the week later, we're talking about next season already, you know, with the transfer window open straight away. And it was, it was unique, mate. That's the thing, you know, hopefully it's unique. You know, the, the end of this season won't be affected again. You know, let's hope not. Let's hope we get, you know, the Euros in and all that loss. And, yeah. yeah, it was just, it was quite incredible, really. You know, I think obviously it was just, you know, I think it's impossible to talk about that weekend without talking about the season as a whole because before lockdown, you know, it was strange leads because kind of like from January to Feb, we were just in free fall to an extent. And then obviously I went, I remember going to Brentford away. And that was kind of like, obviously, it's quite a good game to talk about. It might seem a strange game to talk about. We went into that Brentford game away from home, kind of 10, 12 games of the season to go. I think we were head on goal difference at that point. Right. Bearing in mind, we had been 11 points clear in December. It was typical Leeds kind of thing that was kicking in. And we went one down in that game. Um, you know, I, I spent the, you know, I was being in London a couple of days before the game and it was a top quality trip. And it was the last, it was my last away day, to be fair, before lockdown. And right. um, it is my last lot, it is my last away day, to be fair, all the way back in February. And I just remember from that game, we went one down after 20 minutes. Our goalkeeper, Kiko Garcia, just completely slipped, back pass, and he slipped over. Brentford scores. And I thought at that point, I thought, we're going to be in the championship forever. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking, Marcel, I just remember, honestly, I was thinking, this is it. We're going to be in the championship forever. You did, know, it, did it feel like that? Like, you know, throughout all the- At that point, I, I always believed in that season, last season, that we were going to go up until kind of a week before that game, I started to think, you know what? We're not even playing well now and we're dropping points. You know, it, it, there was no sign it was going to turn around and there was just a fighting spirit. You know, I think obviously the fan base at the point at that time, there was about two, 
think two and a half thousand of us. Yeah, I don't know if you've been to Brentford away. I don't Liverpool probably haven't even played Brentford. No, I don't think so. It's an amazing away day to be fair. I know they've just changed grounds, but it's one of my favourite away days I've been to. To be fair, it's just because it's such a unique place to go. And um, I just remember thinking, oh no, freezing cold Tuesday night. Thinking a four and a half hour trip back, straight back <laughs> in, you know, straight straight back at it, you know, a couple of days after, and you're thinking, oh blimey, this is just why. Why, 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 what is happening to Leeds here? Yeah, why have I bothered this trip and all that lot? And then kind of the whole, that whole away end just kind of just burst into life kind of thing, kind of thinking, you know what, if we're going to, if we're going to mess this up, let's mess this up fighting kind of thing. And, you know, just, it just really, an atmosphere started to build, a bit of momentum. And then the Lions just put in a really, really good performance, you know, and we really fought back, made it 1-1, should have won the game. But I remember just coming out of that ground that night and thinking, we're going to go up here. Yeah. Because you know, we're playing Brentford, who actually almost went up themselves. Really good team. And I think at that moment, a previous Leeds team would have just bottled that game and lost, gone on to lost, lose 2 or 3 0. But the fact we came back from behind, that's when I really started to believe again. And, you know, and then we went on a five game winning run before lockdown. Lockdown came about, and then we won seven of the last nine. <laughs> And drew the other one. So we finished the season. That, that was a turning point in our season. That was my last away day. And for that reason, it's, it, you know, it, that is one that really makes you just think, wow, kind of thing. And, yeah, you know, and, and, and I, I kind of go back to that game more. You know, it's the, the feeling of that, you know what, nothing's going to stop us this season. And I just remember coming out, it's really difficult to explain, but coming yeah, out was, game, yeah, you seem to have that mentality that even yeah, not playing well, you still win. Yeah, yeah. Because you go from, because I remember the season before, I think the big thing to talk about as well, the season before I went to Brentford and our promotion, automatic promotion hopes ended on, I think it was Easter Monday at Brentford away. Right. Travelled all the way down to London, travelled all the way back, actually had to stay over in Leeds and then travel back into Southport because um, I, I had to work the next morning. I just remember thinking that that, whole trip back, you know, five, six hours and thinking, ah, oh. and I thought the same thing was happening again. And then it just didn't. And then you kind of think, it's just weird how things like that, you know, little turning points. And that's what it's always been like at Leeds. You have little turning points at some point. And, and that was it really. And, but yeah, obviously the, the whole build up to it, I think obviously we did it quite comfortably in the end, obviously by 10 points, it wasn't quite as comfortable as what 10 points would suggest, but you know, we finished the season with six wins in the, on the run and, there was moments where we kind of threatened to fall away, but we never really felt like we were falling away after lockdown, to be honest, mate. I've always felt confident we we're going to do it. And obviously that final whistle was the relief, but it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't like our previous promotion from League One where it was kind of like up and down, up and down, 50-50, 50-50, and kind of like a last-minute Jermaine Beckford winner got us promoted. It was, it was kind of a real different emotion. And that day, you know, I was on the, it was, I was on the pitch this day I was in the living room celebrating it just <laughs> it's quite unique from that sense you know you think obviously Liverpool you know even for your guy for you guys you know winning the title after 30 years it, you just don't dream of it you don't dream of it being in those kind of circumstances where you're not there you know maybe you just don't imagine not being there kind of thing yeah. if, if that makes sense you don't you think a different way don't you Oh, yeah, def- definitely. If you had told me at the start of the season, you know, all the way back in August 2019, you know, we'll get we'll get promoted this season in those circumstances. If you had told me that in August, I think, well, that sounds awful, that. <laughs> Weird way. Because of what happened, you know, around the world and, you know, obviously the way we were all communicating with each other. It was just that, 
it's just like almost unique in that sense that you know we'll never experience something like that ever again kind of thing you know we hope we won't and you know you just take it away from that really you know, if you're looking at the positives from it yeah you know it, it was truly unique in that sense well i think i can talk on you know behalf of all the teams in the premier league and say you know i think it's great to have leads back you know a massive club back where they belong and you know one day hopefully we can do leads away and he can stay in the league and you know, I think I think every football team in the Premier League and every fan wanna wanna do leads away. So um so finally the podcast is centered around going the match. So of every podcast we're doing, I want to end by asking what are your top three favorite matches you've been to? So it doesn't have to be based on the 90 minutes itself, but it can be something that happened during the day or for whatever reason. Okay. Well, I think to start off with, I've got a lot of that breath. Brentford game in there. Yeah, I think I've got to have that Brentford game because it was such a crucial game. And you know, I love going to Brentford away. It's the first time I've actually seen us get anything there. And you know, I know a lot of a lot of my friends who actually work at Brentford. So it was oh. kind of special in that sense. So that'd have to be up there. Um, that's that's in terms of the away day. Second, um it's quite tough this. I probably have to say Marcelo Bielsa's first game in charge of Leeds, to be honest. I think beating Stoke 3-1, it was just kind of how there was something about that game, Mike, when you know when you turn up first day of the season. Yeah. Everything's been awful before it. Pre-season's not been particularly good, but you just have that weird sense of optimism. It was just that. There was no logic behind it. We were playing Stoke, who'd just come down from the Premier League. You know, they have people like, obviously, Premier League quality players kind of in the team. And, you know, you looked at, you compared the two teams on the day and you thought, there's not a single Leeds player that gets in that Stoke team, if you know what I mean, from that sense. But just that weird sense of optimism. You know, the ground's full. Marcelo Bielsa's first game. That sense of the unknown. The sense of a new journey kind of thing. And, you know, from the first minute of that game, honestly, that first half, I thought, I've never seen these play. I've not seen these play this well in 16, 17 years. Yeah. And that's in the first game. And obviously, there's games after that. But for the fact it was the first game, you know, to play like that, go 2 0 up, I think, in the first 20 minutes, absolutely hammer stoke. You know, we probably should have won, I think we won 3 1, um, but we could have won 6 1, to be honest, 7 1. And it was just, just so, such a dominant performance. You know, when you're pretty much seeing on the pitch, the same team of players that finished like 13th and 14th in the championship and was nothing in the championship kind of thing. And that was kind of unique from that sense. And it was a real, it reignited the fire kind of thing in terms of belief on the pitch. And, and that was a special day. I think obviously atmosphere wise, it was really good on the, on the day as well. I think lastly, I've got to go for um, Leeds beating Bristol Rovers final day of league one um, to get out of league one. And, and that was kind of the first time I've seen, that was the first time I've seen Leeds have a winner trophy, get promoted or, actually having a celebration about Leeds kind of thing after the game, you know, having a season that's meant something kind of thing. And we've actually achieved something tangible. And it was special from that sense, to be honest, mate. And, you know, obviously that game, wow. <laughs> I mean, that game, it's just like, yeah. you know, all we needed was to match, well, on the day, you know, a lot, a lot of people won't be aware of that, the story behind the game, but it was Jermaine Beckford who went to play on for Everton. Yeah. You know, obviously, quite well respected in the media now. Um, it actually turned out to be quite a close family friend now. You know, really, really lovely fellow as Jermaine. All right. But at the time, um, you know, it's weird how things turn out. You know, this is like in the last 10 years. It's just so, so strange how things work out. But we knew this was Jermaine Beckford's last ever game for Leeds. You know, he's, we've been talented for the Premier League. Premier League clubs are coming for him for every transfer window for three years straight kind of thing. But finally, his contracts have run out and he's pretty much almost certain he was leaving the club. So he was made captain for the day. And we knew it was probably his last game for Leeds United unless we went into the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. I went into the game 
started like a house on fire. We knew we'd have to win the game, realistically, because there's four teams chasing us. One of them's going to win, kind of thing. Yeah. The table changed. I kid you not. I think the table changed 13 times, I think it was. It might be more than that on the, on the final day. And all four teams were in the promotion place at one point during the day. Really? So that kind of sums it. That sums it up. It's truly unique. I don't think in any any of the football leagues, Championship, League One, League Two, non-league, I think you've ever seen a final day in terms of promotion race yeah. that dramatic. And obviously, Ellen Road's full. I don't think the players have been that used to a full Ellen Road. If you know what I mean, I think yeah. obviously you know like a full Ellen Road and actually going into a game and there's something on it kind of thing. I don't think a lot of the players were used to it. We started really well. We went down to ten men. Um, a fellow called Max Gradle, who I mentioned before in terms of heroes, got sent off, um, stamped on another player. I can laugh at about it now. We won't go off the pitch. We're down to 10 men before half time. It's nil nil. So you're kind of thinking at half time, it's happening again. It's happening <laughs> again, kind of thing. We went one down within two minutes of the second half. And you're kind of thinking, that's it then. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it, kind of thing. It was just like you could hear a pin drop in the stadium. And then the local lad comes on, makes it 1-1, Johnny Housen, absolute thunderbolt from 30 yards, top corner, 1-1. And then all of a sudden, Jermaine Beckford pops up and it's 2-1. And we just had to hold on with 10 men and we did it. And then at that point, you kind of don't know what to do with yourself because Leeds United, for the first time in my life, have achieved something tangible. You know, it's not something big. You know, Leeds have won, Leeds have won you know, Division 1 titles FA yeah. Cups, UEFA Cups, etc., etc., League Cups, you know, proper trophies kind of thing. But this was kind of like for the younger fans, yeah, the first tangible kind of achievement, something where you could look back on the season and say, we had a pitch invasion, we did this, we did that, you know, real tangible achievement. It was just such a special season because we beat Man United away, we drew to Tottenham in the FA Cup, we had a really good game at home to Liverpool as well, um, which I think Liverpool won one nil, but we played really well, you know, League One against a Premier League club. Yeah. It was just a really special season from that sense. You know, we, we achieved a lot, you know, in terms of even outside the league. I think we played 70, 70 games that season, I think it was. Um, it, it was something mad like that. It might not have quite been 70, but it was, something, it, it was crazy, you know, for a team that's playing Tuesday, Saturday. And just to finish the season off with 10 men and just still have fire in our bellies and just to, just to get over the line. And it was just typical Leeds fashion and just the atmosphere on that day. Unbelievable. Like I still remember before kickoff, Ken Bates' tradition before every game on the last day of the season was to have an opera band singing on, on the Elmo pitch. Don't, <laughs> don't ask me why. Don't ask me why, but I do remember that. So you've got like a Pavarotti tribute acts there, you know, just, just singing Ness and Dorma kind of thing. And you, you remember things like that, though. You think, yeah, this is dramatic now, just to make it more dramatic kind of thing. Thinking, you know, you kind of think, blimey, you know, this is a proper game of football. And obviously going, going on to the pitch and thinking, you know what, it's not it's not all awful supporting Leeds in terms of success on the pitch. And, and yeah, that was a special moment. And look, you know, obviously I picked out three games there in terms of purely on the pitch. But I think, you know, in terms of atmosphere, I think every game's consistently, you know, the atmosphere is spot on. There's nothing really that particularly stands out because, you know, it's not a case of one week it's quiet, the next week it's, you know, it's, it's bouncing. I think every week it's bouncing in, in its own way. You know, I think obviously, you know, the atmosphere is always spot on, home or away. And, I can't really pick a game out for that for that sense, just for kind of like the day and you know getting drunk and you know all this and that. It'd have to be just those three games purely because of what it meant on the pitch. So that's a fantastic way to finish the podcast. So just before you go, mate, just a massive thank you for giving your time and coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem at all, mate. No problem at all.
If you haven't already, please subscribe, follow and share. And of course, leave us a five-star rating.